0: Bowdy, bowdy, riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 68 of the Riffs or Die podcast, coming out late night on Saturday, March 26th, 2022. This episode is another swap cast. This one is with 32 flavors of Nick Weiser on YouTube. He hit me up and asked me if I would be interested in having a chat about metal and liberty. Those are two things that I am passionate about and love discussing, so I said, hell yes, let's do it. So this interview took place a few weeks ago, but there was an issue with the video file, so it was a little bit delayed coming out on my end until now. This episode does have video. If you want to see it, you got to go to YouTube because it's not anywhere else. If you do go and peep that, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, all that good stuff. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, please rate. The podcast and subscribe on whatever platform you like and tell your friends tell your friends and family about the show I would really appreciate that. If you want to support beyond that you can go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch or you can go to patreon.com slash riffs or die to sign up as a patron. You'll have access to the monthly Zoom hangouts and get some discounts in the web store. One thing I want to mention right now and I'll probably continue to mention this in the future is right now we're kind of in this time at least in the United States, where there's kind of a lull and things seem a little more calm. They're dropping mandates, they're dropping restrictions everywhere. And I just want you to think about this. I want you to think about this and urge others to consider this as well. I think right now is the time we need to ask ourselves and ask other people, if they bring mandates and restrictions back, are you going to comply again? Right now, things seem like they're all hunky-dory and we're all good to go. But I have a feeling that this is absolutely not over. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But if I'm not, and they do bring some of this stuff back, you need to start thinking about it right now. If they bring all that bullshit back, what are you going to do? Are you going to comply? Are you going to put up with it again? Do lockdowns and masking and showing your papers all over again? Or are you going to put your foot down and say this is a bunch of bullshit? Start thinking about that now. Start asking people. If it comes up in conversation and everyone goes, Woo! I'm so glad COVID is behind us. Aren't you so glad this is all over? That's a very, very good time to bring it up and ask them. Alright, what if it's not over? They bring it all back. What are you going to do? Like I said, I'll probably bring this up again in the future because I think it's really important. And we're at this really strange time. It almost seems like we're in the eye of the storm. So, moving forward, just keep that in mind. Anyway, in this talk, we had a lot of laughs. There's some good insight. I like the way that Sir Nick Weiser thinks, and uh, I like his show. It's really cool. I hope you guys dig this interview. Anyway, here is my chat with
1: 32 Flavors of Nick Weiser. How's it going, everyone? It is Monday afternoon, and welcome to a very uniquely special episode on the channel. I normally, obviously, for some of you, you know I do the Toxic Tuesday on Tuesday night, and I do the Comic Shop Talk on Friday night. I eat a lot of park cars with Comics Division and the Boys talking politics on Monday night, but this is a very unique episode as I talk liberty and metal with David Sanchez of Havoc, and it's going to be a pleasure to bring him on, so... I see that 70s rock fan looking forward to this. Hey, 70s, appreciate you coming on. And hail to you, my friend. Glad to see you are here. Pope Metallicus the first. What's up, Pope? How you doing, man? Oh, D Bud Martin. How you doing, dude? Thank you for dropping by as always. And hey, Stephanie, how you doing? Thank you for coming on in as well. I appreciate it. All right, guys. So for those of you who did not know, um, our guest here—he uh, has a podcast as well, it is titled "Riffs or Die," and he talks music and sometimes he talks um, a little politics. He's for some they may consider him a bit problematic. That's a very, very, very harmful thing. So I don't know how we're gonna cope with this, but I think you'll survive this stream. It'll be all good and. It's, it's going to be great. And he's also of the thrash metal realms, too. You know, he plays in a band called Havoc for She Sings and plays a guitar in as well. And he's been doing that since, like, say, somewhere between 06, 08, 09. He'll be able to clear that, clarify that for me. He first bought an album called Burn, Time Is Up, and then so on and so forth. The rest is history, per se. And I'll bring him on here so he can tell you guys a little bit about him. Mr. David Sanchez, welcome, sir.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick.
1: My pleasure, dude. How you doing lately?
0: Oh, um, doing fine, as fine as can be during the uh, the era of terror.
1: <laughs> no, you're you're right, it's, dude. Like every time you you think it can't get crazier, it's become like the mod. It's become like the hold my beer. You, like you think it can't get crazier, or you you think there's a new bottom of the barrel, you just have to scrape for more, and it yeah. somehow it does. It really does.
0: Yeah, the next month is always saying, hold my beer. <laughs>
1: really sometimes I feel like it's, it's getting closer to on the days or even sometimes even on the hour. But anyways, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, about Havoc. You know, we'll talk some music and then we'll, we'll talk Liberty as well. And I feel like sometimes the two will intertwine with each other because I feel like they have more in common than many tend to realize. So we'll, we'll start off with your their, with their A&E true Hollywood story with, with Havoc. So obviously you go back to the mid 2000s as you would like i guess whatever you want to call that decade now because now we're saying 2010 and so 2000s now so when you started havoc you're obviously you're the founding member now in your band do not you tell the chat a little about, about your humble beginnings per se
0: yeah i started havoc in about 20 2004 or so 2004 okay okay yeah um I started it just jamming with a guy who played drums and went to my high school. We both love Metallica and knew how mm-hmm. to play a bunch of Metallica songs. So we got mm-hmm. together and fucked around and eventually started writing my own riffs and putting together my own songs and realized like, Hey, this is fun. I want to do this more. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Things just of kind course. of took off from there and, um, eventually started touring a few years later and I've spent most of my life, uh, the majority of my life the years have been spent touring um up until the last couple years i've been touring very very heavily since i was about 17 years old and uh, the band was put we put out our first three records on candlelight records now we're with century media records i think we've got one more record obligation with them and Mm -hmm. i uh don't know what we're
1: going to do after that but the world mm-hmm. is our burrito, so we'll see. The world is our burrito. I love that statement. I have not heard that one before. So it's weird I, out. Dude, oh, is it did he really say that? No, that's oh, all, yeah. Turkey. yeah. <laughs> oh god. There's a what's that movie he did? I always forget he the did. title of it. Yeah, I went to a showing where he was there of it. Hello. No, yeah. no BS. And, and this one of those wings like. It's one of those things you know, but somebody you always forget the name of. And that's one of the, but he was there, and like that was like really weird. And I didn't know he was gonna be it. It was like a really private show. I'm like, whoa, that L's right there. Like this is this is weird, but it, it happened. So no, nah, he's a he's a really cool stand-up type of guy. And I it was nice to see because you know, obviously the whole meeting of hero thing can be a, a bit of a conflicting mixed bag, and I can imagine Especially in the last few years, it can have been a bit of a, a rude awakening of sorts of what you learn as time goes on in life. So when you're going to have it going, did you realize off the bat, bat that you want to be full on thrash metal? Were there any like detours that you thought about? Were you pondering on anything? Like what was that journey like to like, OK, we want to do thrash mode because obviously you're coming in around time with like. Warbringer is coming around, Toxic Holocaust is coming around. So you got, I guess they were calling it Retro Thrash, Re-Thrash, and obviously Bonded by Blows another one there. There's so many of them. Now, obviously, there's, there's the, the ones that stand and remain. So did you knew right off the bat what you wanted to be? Yeah, I just wanted to play fast and heavy.
2: Mm-hmm. Metallica
1: mm-hmm. was a huge inspiration back mm-hmm. in
0: the day. Same with Megadeth, Slayer, Overkill, Exodus, Testament, Anthrax. So greats, uh, Creator, to it up. you saw them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was also a, a fan of like classic rock at, at that oh, time as well. Yes. And, um, Punk rock as well. And mm-hmm. since then, obviously my musical horizons have broadened. Oh, of course. Many-
1: naturally speaking.
0: It's the same with everybody in the band. So like our, our sound keeps getting more eclectic. But in the beginning, it wasn't like a, hey, we're going to be thrash metal. It was like, I want to play fast and heavy because this is the shit that I like. It just Mm -hmm. happened to be thrash metal Mm -hmm. because that's the stuff I fell in love with first. And Mm -hmm. I, I, at the time that we started the only other band that I could find like immediately in the very beginning that was kind of similar to us, toxic Holocaust municipal waste were already around, but Mm -hmm. ones that were just starting out and about our age. uh, The only other band that I was able to find early,
1: early on was evile. Oh, my God. That's that's a name I haven't heard for a while. They were, like, everywhere at one point in time. Wow. Yeah, Evile was, like, the only other one I
0: could find. So I think we formed and started playing shows and stuff before Warbringer and Bonded by Blood and uh, Gamma Bomb and uh, all of these other bands that that people think of when they think of that genre. I I think Mm -hmm. we were one of the first ones to exist because we were playing – I mean, I was the kid at high school that was showing other kids Testament and Exodus,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and showing them bands that they've never heard of that I was into, and um, then then it caught on. A few years later, everyone knew who those bands were. But when I was like in high school, I was the only kid that knew, and I was teaching about oh. it.
1: <laughs> I know I'll do I know that struggle like when I was in high school like it was interesting because when I was like a freshman sophomore I would get into some of these bands uh, obviously were more I guess you could say gateway bands if it—if you didn't know go beyond that and then it was weird because senior year all of a sudden I saw these flood of freshmen I'm like where were you all my other three years of high school who who knew this stuff? <laughs> I didn't understand it. Also, before I know it, I saw freshman sporting priests, I saw some sporting maiden, I saw anthrax, made death. I'm like, I, I did this low man journey for three years, and now here the incoming wave comes. I'm like, I only in my wildest dreams. Like that would have been the cool thing at the time to like live your high school years doing that. So before I know, I'm like, I I gotta I gotta get to know these individuals. And that kind of like contradicts the whole senior narrative of the whole like you know going at their freshman which i was never really into anyway but it's just like i want to hang out with these guys because you know they were into what i was into so i'm like guys what's going on here like we, we got a party i don't know why but we just got a party just because is you and i guys like us we could just see someone wearing at like a, a certain shirt sm 11 before you know it it's like you guys have already known each other for five minutes you know that flip of a switch feel so sure. yeah i i it's just it's one of those things it, it really' is, it, it, we're all we're all like some weird like unrelated family of sorts because of it and it's a great circle to be in. Yeah, so
0: yeah, musically speaking, yes, but also I think just all of us we're, we're all related we're all related to everything on this planet and everything in this universe mm-hmm, we really mm-hmm. go back to far enough we're all related to each other, which is the funniest thing to me about white supremacy because oh yeah right. You. So, into it their, roof, make sense.
1: their heritage, like, hey, dude, if you go back far enough, you're black. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's always traces <laughs> of like with the whole ancestry. Like, when I've been digging into oh, yes. the whole ancestry stuff on the on the website, and I'm, I was like, you'd be amazed to learn what you have in you that you don't realize. No, it, it all doesn't make sense, and that is a very great segue into what I want to ask you next about because. I noticed as I when I got into you guys. So I got into right around when time is up was coming out. You're on a tour coming up with Malevolent Creation at the yep. time. I remember really digging the cool artwork. I bought your CD at an FYE at the time, and I'm like, oh, this is a really cool cover. And I made I think your eyes on Candlelight. I think at the time. Yeah, that's if right. I if I remember correctly, and. I remember hearing the songs. I'm like, okay, prepare for attack. That's kind of that's kind of cool. And I liked how also like I could actually hear the bass too on a metal album. That was like, and that was before you had Nick Shins too. You were you guys were making making bass players prominent and heard before Nick. So to do that's like a feat in
0: itself. It's a powerful instrument, and I always loved uh, way before like Havoc started. I loved that you could hear the bass in Testament and Anthrax and Overkill
2: mm-hmm. and Maiden. I oh, love yeah. that
0: the bass was like uh, always had a cool tone and was mm-hmm. very audible. I love mm-hmm. that. It's such a powerful instrument and is often overlooked, especially in metal. A lot of the time in metal, the bass player just mirrors the guitar playing. Yes. Oh yes. That's well the guitar player turn on an octave pedal and just play the songs because the bass player is doing identical shit.
2: Mm-hmm. We,
0: we try to not do that, especially more and more on each album. We're more conscious of that. Like, let's try to have the bass line play a bass line and not just play the guitar stuff because yep. uh, it, it makes the whole band much more dynamic and also makes it easier to pick out where the bass is. What is the
1: bass doing? Well, if he's mm-hmm. playing something different than the guitars, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to, uh, to understand. Yeah, no, it's great because it's not one of those things where you have to like listen really deeply on your headphones to catch it. Like it's prominent, it's there. It's just like it almost, it almost like it finds you, which is how it should be. That should be standard. But obviously, as you mentioned, like you might as well just you know get a, get on the octave and just start shredding because yeah, at times it's just like you might as well have also another guitar because of how lost in the mix of things it gets, and that's really unfortunate because like I feel like there will probably be more recognition. For bass players within the realms, if there was a sound that was heard. So, is that a particular? You no, know, I just realized, and I piece that together. Is that something that has, because obviously the bass player position has been the one that's been your, your open door position? Is that been an issue as far as getting heard? Like, because of how, like, you guys are fight for the base, or at least you fight for the base. Is that a reason why one of the contributing reasons why there's been so many base players? Because it often was like, oh man, he's really fighting for the base to be heard. Is that something, or is that been other factors? It's a million know? other factors. I mean million had, other factors. Okay. We've had a lot of different lineup changes, and it's happened mm-hmm.
0: for all kinds of reasons. Pretty much any reason you can imagine under the sun. Oh uh, god. So people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, the good, bad, bad, and the ugly. You know, people mm-hmm. got married, they didn't want to tour, they had a job, they couldn't make it, they didn't want to practice, mm-hmm. they had drug and alcohol problems, they mm-hmm. couldn't get along, they were, you know, just bad attitude, but there's all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any reason you could think of that someone would get kicked out of a band for or quit a band for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we've experienced.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you've experienced that. All right, all right. No, I, I, I believe it, man. I've I've seen and heard the stories. From a few guys in the scene, so I, I totally believe it. So I realized um, right when, um after Time Is Up came out, obviously you guys were making some ways you're on a bunch of tours, and then a natural selection had come out, and I had noticed something, not just, like, w- the way that it was totally different, like, from some of the more varied songs, but I noticed a shift happening in the lyrical premise, or unless maybe the lyrical premise was always there, maybe I just caught on, or maybe you made it more obvious, but I noticed a lot of the lyrical content at the time. I didn't understand it. And I'm like, is he? Is this like a like a like a social political message? And this is like, I come from Chicago area, so obviously you know, you, I'm. Just, I know you know Reggie's Rock Club. I saw you with Goat Horror there. My first show, I caught you guys live. Was that something that you felt was a shift, or was it something you was something that you felt was always there, and you're trying to make it more obvious? On which record? Which oh, the record? transition from time is up to a natural selection. I feel okay. like there was a shift and change of lyrics. Was yeah. it always there or did you just make it more obvious? Which one was it?
0: Well, part of me has always been a little rebellious and I don't like mm-hmm. people telling me what to do unless it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know been been a thing in my life for a long time. However, the big difference between the lyrical content on time is up and mm-hmm. unnatural selection mm-hmm. between those two albums. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of books. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I started reading a lot and, and mm-hmm. I read, uh, read a lot of books and watched a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was about 20 years old, I realized like, man, I'm way more stupid than I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I started reading books and, and started listening to People speak and give lectures and and watch documentaries. Mm -hmm. And I started really kind of peeling back some of the layers of the onion of how the world works.
2: Mm -hmm. And and I was
0: already privy to some of this stuff, but I really dove in headlong um, right around that time, 2011,
2: 2012.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, Unnatural Selection came out in 2013. Yes, it was 2013, remember? Time is Up came out in eleven. And a lot of it was recorded in ten. So pretty Mm -hmm. much, like after that stuff was tracked, that's when I started really getting into this stuff Mm -hmm. and learning this stuff. I could just keep it to myself and write songs about other things, but it it, it dawned on me like, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. I want to write about stuff I care about. Mm -hmm. I think about things I'm passionate about, Mm -hmm. and there's already a million metal songs about murder and the devil and war and stuff like that. I'd rather write about other things than i don't really see other bands talking about mm-hmm. and it wasn't a conscious decision to write songs that are unlike what other bands are saying it was just write things i care
1: about and i actually have something to say mm-hmm. yeah. all right no I, I i i totally get that feel so when you were transitioning to the lyrics like did you like start to see like immediate blowback from the crowd people who are like who are catching on to what you were saying lyrically because obviously this is around the point in time where in, Obviously, I guess you could say, I don't know if you know who the critical drinker is. He's a very popular YouTuber who uh, who, who dissects movies like crazy. And he <laughs> likes to call out the 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 message, and he likes to say the message when he's talking about you know wokeness, intersectionality, all, all the infamous buzzwords. Were you noticing some some blowback at the time? Or was it like did or did it come eventually later? Like, cause obviously growing up in the metal scene, I I felt like I, I would have thought like individuality and freedom would have been a very prominent thing. And yeah, yeah. So that makes two of us. And as you go on layer, as you start opening up, I guess about these topics, you end up realizing, whoa, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a needle in a haystack. I, I stand out in this position. You wouldn't think that. And I, it just, I kind of threw me off balance a little bit to a point where I was, I was like, I didn't know how to discuss it because of how opposite, everything was and I started noticing a I guess a subverted world a little bit so I'm just like how come everyone is is like this particularly in metal it really contradicted what I would hear about and and obviously there's a even though they're not really metal but they got some I guess you could say metal leanings but there's an infamous a lyric you know all too well called fuck you I won't do what you tell me but now it's become fuck me I'll do what you tell me so it really messed with my mind. And when I would start talking about these things, people were like getting getting up in arms about it. And I was just like, whoa, it it took me off guard. Did you feel like you were having any of that blowback
0: from people? <laughs> at the time that those lyrics were written or released, I guess, in 2013 on like Unnatural Selection, where I started kind of going down this avenue, trying to, I guess, uh, express my own thoughts while at the same time maybe wake A couple of people up on the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really get a lot of blowback. The blowback has been recent. Oh, you're a late bloomer, and now that people are more sensitive, and now that some of these lyrics, even ones that are like almost a decade old, Mm
2: -hmm. now
0: some of these lyrics that are almost a decade old are starting to map on to reality today, Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Not just kind of, oh, he's talking about this esoteric, weird thing that no one cares about. No, now it's actually starting to map onto reality and you're starting to see what I was talking about. Now, all of a sudden, the things that I said and I've been saying for
1: years are offensive.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So you were like, you're like the Babylon Bee and then the Babylon Bee was starting to become real life. And like, oh, crap, we've been in debt for all this to happen. Yeah, it <laughs> is kind of the same effect. Yeah, a lot of the, unfortunately,
0: a lot of the things that I wrote about mm-hmm. and are in Havoc songs that I've been screaming my head off about for years mm-hmm. have come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of Havoc lyrics have become very prophetic, and now they bother people. They didn't mm-hmm. used to. They mm-hmm. thought I was. Uh, I don't they're know. Off people. whatever. A lot of these people, I'm not sure they were even listening to what I was saying.
1: But they're probably they just listening to the riffs.
0: I'm, I'm a crazy person. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm out of my mind. I'm unhinged from reality and I have no idea what's going on. I'm just paranoid and a psychopath. But but eight years ago they were like, fuck yeah, give me liberty or give me death. And now when it comes time to put up or shut up, you Mm -hmm. know, give me fucking liberty Mm -hmm. or kill me because those are the options. And that's what I've been (laughs) saying. And they shouted along with me. Now Mm -hmm. they call that conspiracy theorist kind of talk.
1: You're such terrorists. The f- yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? you Istophobia. All right, Ken, You need to get off the street. <laughs> I'm just. Ed. Oh man. No. It's, I'm going to get funny. your channel taken down. You're right. You're right. I'm going to be the reason. <laughs> you're going to be the reason why it all ends today. You're, you're as of as of now. You're my Alex Jones. This is what this is what's going on. You're my Alex globalist. Jones. <laughs> About the globalist. Uh, my... Yeah. Oh my god. So okay. So you I'm, I'm I'm trying I'm I'm painting the picture here. So yeah, uh, the blowback happened later on. What was your definitive or sorry, not your definitive, your first moment where I guess you could say you're starting to be red pill. Was it was it a book? Was it a particular personality? Yeah. What was it? And what was what was that first layer? what was that first layer when you're peeling the onion, as you like to say, falling in love with George Carlin,
0: stand up really a
1: comedian. Okay. Okay.
0: George Carlin really like helped shape my worldview and really woke me up and made Mm -hmm. me understand and realize a lot Mm -hmm. of things that they don't teach you in school. They'll never teach you in school
2: Mm -hmm. and things
0: uh, that are true. They're Mm -hmm. unfortunate, but they're true. And he really helped crack my brain wide open when I was a teenager. And that kind of, I guess was really what started opening the floodgates for, for
1: me getting into other things later. Nice. Okay, cool. Now has this, has it, but besides obviously blowback from fans, has it, has it hurt you on a, I guess a musical business level, whether it's with labels saying, don't talk about this or with like, maybe band members from other bands. You don't need to be names. We don't need to, we're not going to, we're not chasing mouth headlines, but has it gotten you like, Oh, we can't, we can't tour with havoc. Has it gotten you any of that? There's not been anything
0: specifically like we can't tour with havoc or a label saying, Hey, you can't say that, but there's definitely been people, uh, musicians come, come out of the woodwork and told me to shut up and calling me crazy and this, that, and the other, but <laughs> I just, Fall back on the same thing, and it's true. I, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable falling back on this. I'm saying the exact same shit I've been saying for like a decade,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now
0: all of a sudden I'm crazy for having these opinions. But before you thought it was cool because mm-hmm. you thought you were Johnny Badass Rebel with your leather jacket and your spikes,
1: and now you're just licking boot for the man. And the actual boot licker. Now, the same the, because the, they call a lot of people who are the conspiracy theorists they say they're bootlickers but they're the ones actually doing the bootlicking it's i've learned it's not a matter of watching what these loonies say but it's watching what they do there and there's a whole lot of that cuz they'll say one thing and do a whole other thing a minute later and they expect you to forget about it and of course yeah the, and the internet has used that to their advantage cuz they make you forget those things are and it's and i don't know if it's something you have or i have or just the average you know, human being to some degree, we have a short attention span on something. And when stuff is always coming out left and right, they expect you to forget that. And it's something like for me, my big eye opener was God. I have my brother who was, uh, he showed me a video of Tim pool talking with Jack Dorsey on Joe Rogan. Yeah. And I remember what, cause I knew Rogan was, and, and I, I, I didn't know who Tim pool was. um, but I learned who to pull was, it was a matter of how I felt about Tim, but it was a matter of what was being said in that specific video. And they were talking about how, like, the, I guess you could say the terms and conditions are being applied on Twitter and how uneven was. And I watched what was being exchanged. And Tim really put Dorsey to task. And I remember thinking, whoa, these people, what they're saying is bomb dropping information. And all we got in return was tumbleweed in terms of headlines of what was being discussed. And that really was like, that kind of put like me in a sight. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And between that, I noticed that and then what was going on with a particular franchise called Star Wars. And The Last Jedi happened. And I noticed like, and this was something I didn't pick until months after the movie had come out. Is some like my brother approaching by he's like, Hey, did you notice how like all the heroes were like a diversity group? And that all the villains were men and they're white, besides like I think one character, but they're all white men. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> that, that it was weird for me. It, like it kind of like it was right in front of me, right in front of me. And I didn't know that it's those little things that over time you start to notice a pattern. It's it's little by little, they give you breadcrumbs and breadcrumbs and breadcrumbs. It's and then, so boom, they smack you with something, right? Whoa! And then I, I, I couldn't believe it because at the time, I'm thinking in my head, how do I process this movie? And then, meanwhile, while I'm trying to, like, figure out what I, I guess, don't like about it, I got all these people like, dude, there's something wrong with you for not liking this movie. Like, how could, how dare you say this? And then I noticed it happened more with uh, Captain Marvel from the Marvel Universe because yeah. I've, I've also grown up well big into music and metal, but also in the geek world. and. I didn't like Captain Marvel in the comics. I didn't like her. I, I'm like, there's something wrong with this character. And I, I couldn't point my finger on it. But then I discovered, I don't know if you heard of him, Young Rippa, Eric July. And you know who Eric July is? Look into him. He's actually a guy, he's also in a metalcore band named Backwards. And he said he wouldn't he would name the specific tour, but he said that his band was not allowed to partic- played play a particular summer traveling festival because of who he was of who Eric July was. And I thought about like, Whoa, is there? And I thought in my head, like, is it weird? And I'm like, that ideology might be playing a part in everything that's happening, whether it's, whether you get in a specific circle or whether you want in on some big media company or on a traveling festival, it can't be all like put together. That just sounds crazy. Like it sounds like a movie. It sounds like we're describing like um the world is not enough. If you're seeing The World Is Not Enough, that was like is that the Bond movie? That was the Bond movie with the um Mark Zuckerberg type of villain. If you haven't watched it in a while, please re-watch it. Cause when you watch it now, dude, it's it feels weird. The villain is such a Mark Zuckerberg type of character, I think. Oh, my God. And this was 97. I don't know if you want to consider a Red Pill movie the way they live is or Demolition Man is. Live.
0: That's one of my favorite movies. So good.
1: It's so good. It's practically a
0: documentary. If you, if you <laughs> the, the aliens to just mm-hmm. really rich, greedy, psychopath
1: people, mm-hmm. it's a documentary. Oh, yeah. Same with um Idiocracy, which was at one point a comedy. At one point it was a comedy. Yep. And oh, a documentary. If, if I caught it correct, I think you got a Star Trek tattoo. Uh, oh, this is not Star Trek. This oh, is a, look, I Star- V from the the Havoc. Oh, from the Havoc album, the recent Havoc album. For a second, I'm like, is he is he all do- oh, on the Live Long and Prosper too? No, no, that's a Havoc V. Okay, yeah, I
0: got this in uh, Chile back in 2013 or 2014. We were on tour there
1: mm-hmm. during
0: uh, this a Natural Selection tour. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude was like, Yo, I like your band. You guys can get free tattoos. Oh, like, nice. Like, what can I get that's really simple that, that it won't take, you know, this guy a long
1: time to do? Simple and effective, man. No, it looks beautiful. Actually, once again, I thought, I thought maybe that's just the geek in me, but I'm like, that's Is that the Star Trek logo? Yeah, I've gotten that question many times. Mm-hmm.
0: It also kind of looks like that UFO. Um, <laughs> I've seen a UFO. Uh, oh, really? Much like this. It, it mm-hmm. was some sort of a big uh, V shape, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and it had
0: lights. It had one in the front
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: two here and two here, five lights total. And it flew over us, um, and there was no sound. And I'd been laying out there for a long time staring at the sky and was very familiar with the speed and sound of mm-hmm. airplanes. Mm-hmm. Became very familiar with the speed at which satellites travel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This structure, this this whatever it was, was flying way faster than planes, way faster than satellites, and it was much lower than planes, and it was totally silent. What? And uh, I don't know what it is, but I've looked it up before, and there mm-hmm. are a bunch of other people, and there's even drawings of it and paintings of it. You can find mm-hmm. it online. Other people have seen this exact same kind of structure.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, dude! That's insane. Yeah, and
0: I couldn't see the outline of the V itself. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I could just see the lights. You know, one in the front and then two down the sides, kind of in a right, almost like a perfect right angle, kind of a shape. And the only reason I know that it had some sort of mass
2: mm-hmm. is because
0: you could only see the lights. It was traveling very, very fast, but as it would go across the sky, you could see it like blocking out stars. Mm-hmm, so it, mm-hmm. it had to have had some sort of a structure. It wasn't mm-hmm. just five lights, five orbs flying mm-hmm. formation. It was a part of a structure. I don't know what it was, but uh, I've seen it. And apparently a lot of other people have seen it. Sounds it. like an
1: X-Files episode that didn't get filmed.
0: Yeah. That's I, I, I wish I would have had like an amazing camera with a telescopic lens or something. Cause it was, wow. it was really, really weird. But.
1: Wow! Yeah, um,
0: it, th- this thing kind of looks like that, but I, I
1: saw that thing after I had this tattoo, so it's not really that good. is crazy, <laughs> dude. That's, that's crazy. So my buddy Keeley Chow, how you doing, Keeley Chow? He says correction: the world is not enough. Is nine. Tomorrow never dies. And I want to add to that correction. I was talking about the flick. Tomorrow never dies as the one with the prophetic villain. That was the one. So thank you, Keeley Chow, for that. I appreciate the clarification on that. Every now and then, us YouTubers and podcasters even unintentionally mess up things as well. That's why we are human beings. And now we have real-life Bond
0: villains. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> now where's our Bond? Where's our Bond at, Mr. Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. That dude mm-hmm. straight up looks and sounds exactly like a would-be Bond villain. Oh, they do. he's in charge of a lot of uh, big stuff, and, and rubs elbows with a lot of world leaders.
1: Oh, trust me, I've I I, oh, I know. I've I've got a buddy of mine. Um, we do a stream on Monday night. Um, his name his name is Comics Division. And we do a thing called Yelling at Park Cars because talk about these issues is exactly like that. It's like yelling at park cars. So that's why it's titled. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, right. It's perfect. And we do it on Monday nights at nine central and me, him and a few other YouTubers, we get together. We talk about these crazy things world so we can try and make people more aware. And we got guys from all sorts of different backgrounds. We have guys like us and then we got some of the regular nerd type of guys. You got just regular traditional, like Joe Schmoes who just want, who want to be left alone. So I'll say I, I think you'd fit right in with yelling at park cars. So oh, yeah, if you ever up for that, like that could be right up your alley as well, but let's get back on the, um, some fun stuff. So supernatural what like ever been on tour or even at home. And there's like any weirdness that you like caught while you're on tour, like, Whoa, that's kinda like kind of like freaky.
0: The coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life was on tour.
1: Okay. We and what would that riding,
0: be? Uh, Pete Weber, the drummer and myself were the only ones awake. Pete yeah, Weber. Everyone else was asleep in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's just me and Pete awake in the front, middle of nowhere in uh, New Mexico. We were driving north toward Roswell. Mm-hmm. And we're just middle of nowhere. There's no cars out, just like pitch black outside. And we saw a meteor in front of us, just going from the from our left to our right. Just mm-hmm. see, it was it was pretty fucking massive, and yeah. we were close enough, and it was so crystal clear enough that we could literally see like black chunks breaking off of it, looking like uh, Oreo cookie dust. You know, mm-hmm. like, we could literally see the chunks and like dust breaking off of it, bright orange. And, uh, God damn, I wish we would have had a dash cam. Wow. Like, oh my God. Holy shit. Look at that. <laughs> Everybody woke up in the back and was like, whoa, what's going on? You <laughs> saw a meteor. And they were like, oh, God damn it.
1: Dude, that and is I'm insane. Sure we were kind of like we were freaking out that
0: something bad happened, but we mm-hmm. saw something badass. No, you saw something awesome. Dude, I wish I had seen something awesome like that. Even and to I- this day, Pete
1: and I are both like, yeah, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow! Wow! Sorry, my, my mind's just it's kind of blown by that. It's amazing, awesome. So our buddy here, Mister That Seventies Rock Fan, another great channel, says, "David, what's your favorite tour food? Favorite tour food? Hmm. Well, you by the way, I'll like give a say, few. Go ahead,
0: y'all. He's a great guy, and I'm a big Seventies Rock fan myself. <laughs> nice. I think that was the best uh, decade of music, personally." Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Most experimental, Mm -hmm. lots of new technology was coming out and bands were even pop bands were cool. Oh, they're more creative. Oh man, that's that's a tough question. Um when I'm on tour, I I like to like to try to go out to local places, you know, Mm -hmm. support local businesses instead of having you know subway or Oh, of course or whatever <laughs> someone who actually
1: can actually needs the money
0: yeah someone who actually needs the money and I don't know when I'm ever gonna be in this town again like mm-hmm. I might as well go try some of the local cuisine that I can't find at home
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: but favorite food to eat on tour um now this one's not really for sustenance necessarily but this one is a good tour trick it's also mm-hmm. good for any road trips if you're ever feeling kind of sleepy and you want to mm-hmm. make sure you stay awake eat sunflower seeds because it keeps your your mouth busy you have to crack the seeds open you know so it's like fucking impossible to fall asleep with a
1: mouthful of sunflower seeds (laughs) dude i did not see that coming i did not see that what (laughs) wow wow there's a, a tour secret there 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 must be see i'm not a touring musician i've got friends who've been in touring bands Maybe maybe they'll, all, all all you all will understand. Wow, I just I did not see that answer come in. So <laughs> no, that is crazy. What about the Havoc Burger? Obviously, I live in Chicago area, so obviously I know Kumas and you. Obviously, I'm I'm sure at the very least you're well aware that there is a Havoc Burger at one point in time. Did did you try the Havoc? You had to have tried your burger. Yeah, day. actually, um, they asked me what we would want on it, and I kind of gave
0: them a little list of shit that I think sounds really good. Mm-hmm. If it's not on their typical menu and they, they did it and it was fucking awesome. And it's actually permanently on the Kuma's menu here in Denver. Oh,
1: also you also got a permit in your home state. Yeah. 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 Nice. So, yeah. It's a burger
0: with um, bacon, pepper, Jack cheese, uh, sauteed onions, sauteed mushrooms, sauteed jalapenos. And then, like, a sriracha
1: aioli. Oh, I love sriracha aioli, dude. Like, I'm a I'm a, I'm a big foodie, so, like, I would – oh, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So that's cool that they a- asked you guys for, like, you know, input on it.
0: Yeah, they didn't just go off and do their own thing. They asked us for some input. And the chef added one thing to it. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they kept it on because it might be hard to keep in stock just for one burger that they're doing.
2: Mm -hmm. But when
0: it was the burger of the month that they did at all the kumas, uh, Mm -hmm. the chef decided to add on uh, like a stick of rosemary and it was Mm -hmm. like kind of breaded and deep fried. Mm -hmm. So there was like fried rosemary on the burger as well. And when I first went in to try that, I didn't know what to expect with that rosemary. I thought it might kind of blow it for the Mm -hmm. burger, but it actually
1: made it better (laughs) is that funny how that happens with with the food like how the gonna work and then somehow it happens combinations that you don't think would work somehow do that that's yeah i love it when that happens so my buddy Pope metallicus what's up pope says dave what's the best venue you've ever played well
0: father the best venue (laughs) i've ever played that's a h- tough question. There's a lot of cool ones. Um, you're from Chicago, and yeah. I'm not just going to say this because you're from Chicago, but literally, Reggie's Rock Club is one of my oh, favorite venues in the country.
1: Dude, I... One of the coolest places in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. hmm No, you're right. And that is what I have considered my home away from home. Like, I know the door guy there. I know the security guys. I know the promoters there. I've met the owner, Robbie, there. He's a great guy. He's got a bunch of dogs. Robbie's a great guy. Like, and they got great wings. They got a great tone wings, and it's one of those venues too where it, it, you, it's like it kind of like it's like the metal version of Cheers. Like yes. you, you walk in, and everyone literally knows your name, and everyone's just happy that you're there. And it's, you get a lot of the same faces too. Like it's funny that that same crowd is always at Reggies for every show. It's so funny. It's seriously the metal version of Cheers. I love seeing it happen, and I'm glad that's an honor to mention Reggies because also Shane, the promoter. He's a great guy. As, well as Shane Merrill. Shout out to Shane yep. Merrill. Yeah. I, Reggie's has... I've had some of the best nights uh, to remember. Maybe, dare I say, some to not remember at Reggie's. And everyone out there is super, super hospital there. It doesn't even just have to be the venue themselves, but just the people attending in the crowds. Everyone's super hospitable. And you can't say that like about every single... Obviously, you can't because for obvious reasons. Not every place is equal, but just... Maybe it's because I'm more emotionally attached to my era, but just the community around the era is just amazing. It's astounding. And to have it have it, a tie to Reggie's is awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. That place rules. They have really good food, two music venues, uh, adequate yes. green room. Mm-hmm. They used to have a record store upstairs. And oh, I miss it. Record breakers. For bands to play. They mm-hmm. had a merch store. Um, the, the staff is all cool. We have great mm-hmm. shows there. Chicago's such a – Great rock and roll town, tons mm-hmm. of really good musicians there too. Yeah, Reggie's is just awesome. That's that's one of our favorite venues in
1: the world to play. Nice, and that's thing a lot because that's the world, not just within a few states, the country, but so that, that's thing a lot. So yeah, it, I've God I've probably been there over two hundred shows there just just off of there alone. So hey, that that works out very nicely and conveniently. That yeah. happened to be from the area we're and you're you're all about Reggie's. I was. Sorry, my my brain just blanked on me. Oh my god, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh. So when you got Riffs or Die going cuz you're like 60 something episodes into it, like was the podcast a decision based off of the lack of touring and havoc or is it something you've always wanted to do? Like what what was what was the the motivation to get Riffs or Die going? Well, it's something that I've thought about for a long
0: time, but then Mm -hmm. when touring kind of evaporated before our Mm -hmm. eyes, it gave me the perfect spark to actually really do it, not just Mm -hmm. have it be a thought, but take action on it. Nice. On the show, I mean, I talk about music sometimes, but I often talk about current events and and give my opinions on that. The the title of the show, Riffs or Die, is kind of a double entendre. Riffs, like guitar (laughs) riffs. Yeah, but also riffing is a thing that, you know, comedians do and philosophers do and riffing Mm -hmm. on ideas is a a real thing. So yeah, I I just riff often it's by myself, but you know, I think half of the episodes about have a guest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's fun to do. It's, uh, it's a fun way for me to put content out into the world and and
1: get an opinion out that's not um going to be censored by anyone mhm
2: mhm mhm
1: not the po- not the popular opinion, the you know the pop- the public consensus, whatever they want to call it nowadays, or the approved opinion nowadays. Yes, yes, approved opinions, protected mm-hmm. opinions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good one too. Protected opinions. How much has it affected the band around you? I know you got Reese, you got Pete, and then whoever's on base at the time. How much has has, has your stuff affected them? Because I, you would think. You'd be the individual, and it's not like those guys aren't going out there spouting off these things. You're the one who's doing that. I would, You would think just because it's you, people just go after you, but sometimes people want to go to others around them just because they want to be douche per se. Has that affected the guys around you? Well, I've, I have
0: actually heard from them that they get hit up by people that can't handle what I'm saying, so they mm-hmm. go and complain to them instead of saying something to me.
1: Oh, they do the opposite. Holy There's boy. a lot
0: of people that are like that. We'll just say, leave it at that. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, but, no. But yeah,
0: so in in some way, what what I say does affect them, but it it shouldn't. It should be. It I, I don't around. say any of the controversial things on like the band's page.
1: No, you keep Not it personal. It's like the
0: band's place. I mean, it's in the lyrics. If you really want to figure it out, like I, that's what the band's saying though. For the last 10 years. But mm-hmm. the things I say on my personal page, I view them as they are my personal things to put up.
2: Mm-hmm, when people mm-hmm. uh,
0: start going after other people based on my opinions, I find that very, uh,
1: very lame, very weak. Yeah, very indirect, very weak. Task. Yeah. Oh, Petty's an understatement. So, my buddy Christian here says, Do you guys plan touring in Canada this summer, Ontario, Quebec? I mean, and also I was going to ask because obviously touring is such like mixed bag and I've heard stories of how the process functions. Like I, I, I've i heard like some bands just stay on their bus the entire time. I know guys like I know um, Zetro from Exodus is like, I don't want to be on a tour where I have to stay in the bus. Like I have to go around. Like what is the what does it look like as far as if touring opens up? Like obviously I would imagine you've had to hold on to a steady job since then. And that's got to be quite the adjustment. Like, that whole process, what does tuning look like? Like, is it for, for everything, everything to open up? Or are you, are you looking about maybe even something regional? Because obviously, you got countries like Canada and, well, Australia. Canada I don't get might to be, to be th- off limits for everybody right now. Um, might be
0: off limits. Wow. I know tons of bands that were scheduled to go there mm-hmm. in the last, I don't know, four months, six mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. They tried to go. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get in. They all had to cancel all their Canadian shows. So I'm not sure there's going to be like any American bands going to Canada anytime soon. Their their stuff is extremely strict over there and not just strict, but nonsensical.
2: Mm -hmm. The the, the
0: government there is absolutely out of control and not even making sense.
1: Nope.
0: And not following even their own edicts that they give, which I have (laughs) a huge problem with, but that's, that's irrelevant to us touring there. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't foresee us being able to get into Canada anytime mm-hmm. very soon. Would mm-hmm. I love to play there? Absolutely. I love playing in Canada. I love the Canadian people. I, I like playing shows up there. I like just driving through it. It's a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. The middle of it is a lot like the middle of the U.S. It's just flat plains, but like the mountainous areas, and it's a really gorgeous place. Western mm-hmm. Alberta and British Columbia, mm-hmm. very very beautiful spot, but. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to get to Canada again, to be Mm -hmm. quite honest. And uh, as far as touring in general, at the moment, like you've commented, we don't have a bass player at the moment. So there's that on top of just things that are still kind of up in the air. They're not looking super promising. Mm -hmm. And I already told my bandmates, there's no fucking way I'm going to go and play a show where they're going to be restricting access to people that want to come see us play based on certain this. things. Yeah. They're, they're based on their, their medical status,
2: mm-hmm. absolutely
0: mm-hmm. will not play a show like that. It mm-hmm. goes everything that I stand for. And just as a moral, it will not align with my moral code whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, that's so good. That, that takes some of the, some of the venues off of the table immediately. But then mm-hmm. you know, on top of that, just like governments are out of control right now. Mayors, governors, they're, they're out of their fucking minds, Some of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, if we were to go on tour, Havoc's fairly successful, but we're not, we're not mega death.
1: No, we're not no,
0: no. you know, if we go out and we miss three shows because the mayor's locked down or, you know, governor went crazy or whatever. If we lose three shows, we're going mm-hmm. home with hardly any money in our pocket.
1: Dude. And that's just three like shows.
0: Right. And, and if Slipknot goes and misses three shows, Corn misses three shows, they're still going to go home with a half a million dollars in their pocket. They're not yep. like really tripping that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks, but they're still going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. Again, like us, we miss a few shows. Like that. that's a really big, big deal. And, mm-hmm. and, And this is where everyone in the band is completely on the same page. Not worth it for us to go out and and risk losing shows. And uh, so we're kind of just in a holding pattern right now, waiting for things to be a little bit more logical and, Mm -hmm. you know, actually
1: trusting science, not trusting. He <laughs> <science>. has <laughs> yes, actual science. True, true, true. No, I mean, and I can imagine for obviously for, for a fine gentleman like you and it, whether it's you or filibonti from all that remains there or, or July, as I mentioned earlier, it's gotta be really, it had to have put you off at first when you grew up on a, a music, a generation or a few of music whereas organically rebellious and now you've seen it become the inverse of that as i mentioned the whole fuck me i'll do it you tell me like has that thrown you off guard that like metal and punk of all the genres because you've seen like everything conform whether those major institutions or sports it's it's all converted i i, I would have thought like especially like in metal you have the metal god being a gay man, you can't get more organically diverse and, I guess, dare I say, inclusive than that. And yet, here we are, bedding over for every major institution. Was it, did you ever feel like this is the one thing they could never touch? And did you feel like you saw it coming? Where, where do you, where do you, where are you at on this one? Well, I definitely did not see it coming. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of metal people that
0: are on the side of freedom and mm-hmm. independence and, people having bodily autonomy and thinking for themselves, people that are in the metal world thinking that way. Mm-hmm. I think we're all just in shock over how quickly fans, and not just fans, but bands, even bands that sung about anti-authoritarianism
2: mm-hmm. have
0: bent over and opened up their their hole to be uh, abused by the man and the powers that be. All all these bands that have sung about anti-corruption and anti-corporatism and anti-government and anti-authority. And Mm -hmm. they are all fucking shilling for this multi-billion dollar industry
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that's trying to force a product into your arm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just fucking disgusting and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I never would have expected it. But nowadays, when you look at it, like if people were trying to identify if our enemies were trying to identify which Americans they would really need to like work on massaging to, to get them to actually fall in line. Mm-hmm. metalheads would be the, some of the last people on their list. They'd be like, Oh, they'll drink the Kool-Aid. Anytime you present it, mm-hmm. just scare them a little bit. And they'll, they'll, you know, scatter like cockroaches. Mm-hmm. It's fucking disturbing. And it's really disgusting to me as someone that grew up in this scene and loved this Kind of music, especially largely for the message. Mm-hmm. The message was like you said, "Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me." Mm-hmm. And you said it. H- how did you phrase it? It's the now
1: reverted to "Fuck me, I'll do what you tell me." Now, and, now and, they're and, taking uh, the lube,
0: and and I'll uh, say it's even different than that. It's not "Fuck me, I'll do what you tell me." It's "Fuck you, do what they tell you." Because True. no, you're right. That are on this fucking authoritarianism train. And mm-hmm. they don't like to think that they are, but they really are. If you mm-hmm. if you want control over someone else's life, it's not mm-hmm. affecting you. You're an authoritarian. Sorry to break mm-hmm. it to you. No, nah, you're right. But I think it's fuck you, do what they tell you, because it's not just, yeah, fuck me, I'll do what they tell me. They mm-hmm. also want to push that. If I have to do it, then everybody has to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: a huge difference. You know, if you want to fucking and I'm all for it, for freedom. You want to yes. do something. Go ahead. As long as you're not infringing on the rights of others, knock yourself out. I don't care.
2: Mm-hmm. But the
0: moment that you start switching it over to, I did it. So now you have to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: where I have a big problem. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people that are freedom minded have a big problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're different yeah. right and where mine begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, especially like, when you see a lot of people call themselves like oppressed or suppressed or the marginalized of the minority, but yet they're being backed by all these major institutions. Like, how, how does your mind not piece that together? Like, where where are you psychologically where you're saying that you are, no you know, the oppressed and marginalized, but yet who, who doesn't back your ideology? Like, we've gotten everyone – from facebook and twitter up to including coca-cola saying try to be less white like who's not included and you you want to sputter off that you're you're this like person who's who's one being harmed in the world like that doesn't line up like and once again it's not to make another reference but it it really does feel like you're yelling at parked cars like the conversation is like, it, it's hard to have that. And it's always made me think If I want to try to have that conversation because every now and then you get in, you, you, you find someone who always say, Hey, you know, like I agree with you, but I can't say something like that. Whether it's a friend of yours or there's someone in the those, music scene, there's a, a lot of those people like that. Yep. There's a lot of them and you, you know, and I, and here's what I, I say to all, of them, I'm like, Hey man, that's awesome. That's great. I don't care if you and I are the same political ideology. I don't care if you are the same religion like that. I don't care. I I'm judging you as your own individual human being, your own human being. That's, that's what I want, man, or woman. I don't care that that's your individual thing. Like that's great that you feel that way, but it's also, and I'm not saying this to you, I'll put pressure on you or you no know, less you, but it's because you don't say anything that that RSI was winning. And I used to always think, I used to be of the mind that just to not say anything. It wasn't in terms of the fallen line. It's more of a just leave me alone mentality. But I realized later on in life, it's because I thought of just leave me alone that people like this got away with the stuff that they did. They passed the odd things in certain big bills. Like all that stuff they're doing is because I ignored it and said, just leave me alone. I realized how much that mindset backfired at me. And now I'm paying for it because they, you know, they took advantage of it. Walked through the doors, snuck in through the theater. They got into the seats and they started taking advantage of every aspect of life and culture that they could. They, they didn't say, wow, this is off limits. We shouldn't touch it." No, they just said, no, we can go for us, And we're going to go for every aspect. If they're going to ignore it, we're going to, we're just going to go for it. Do you, do you feel like you were of the same mindset as well that just leave me alone? Or do you, did you feel like you always need to like, you no, know, get involved? Well, I, I do want
0: people to just leave me alone.
1: Yeah. But ultimately in a perfect world.
0: Yes. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, more or less what I'm singing about. It's what I'm writing songs about. It's what I'm saying on the internet. Is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's people that want to control over your life. Mm-hmm. You should be in control of your life. Yes. I want people to be left alone. I mm-hmm. don't want totalitarians marching into to people's personal lives and making decisions for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's wrong. I think that's uh, a form of not just control, but it, it's it borders on a form of violence. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. uh it's force mm-hmm. force. As my buddy, Jason Bassler from the free thought project said, he said, uh, uh, how did he phrase it? He said, um, Force is extreme. Yes, our resistance to this kind of stuff is not extreme. It's mm-hmm. not even an extremist view. Force mm-hmm. is going to try to force anyone to do anything. That's extremist. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are a lot of people, and I've heard from them. I, I mean, peers in the music world and stuff that are like, "Yo, I totally agree with what you're saying," and and uh, you know, keep it up. But they don't say anything themselves, and they've. Some of them have even said. Why, you know, they, they don't want the fucking headache or the, the blowback that comes with it. Mm-hmm. The reason I started speaking out very vocally, especially on like social media and stuff mm-hmm. um, in the last like year is because I was holding my tongue for a year. I didn't say anything. And I would notice that things kept getting worse. Mm-hmm. I was like, Fuck this dude. I'm not going to sit in fear of these people and their judgment. Fuck mm-hmm. these people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, really, truly. The people that are authoritarians and want to tell everybody else how to live, fuck Mm -hmm. these people. And Mm -hmm. I I stopped caring, and I started saying what I really thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since then, I've lost 2,500 people on Instagram, but I I don't care. I I really don't care because Mm -hmm. we're coming to a fork in the road very clearly where you have two choices. Mm -hmm. You can go down the path of freedom, or Mm -hmm. you can go down the path of slavery. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which
0: one do you want to go down? I know which road I'd like to go down, and I'm trying to encourage other people to like shake them a little bit. Yeah. Hey, hey, we have a a fork in the road here. You got to choose one way or the other: freedom Mm -hmm. and slavery. Which way do you want to go? Coming with me, or are you going to literally be my enemy? Because Mm -hmm. if you are going to be actively working against the interests of freedom and Mm -hmm. free free people,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm sorry, you we're not on the same page. You are my fucking enemy.
2: You are an enemy
0: of true progress. You are an enemy of freedom. You are an enemy of liberty. You are an Mm -hmm. enemy of a free society. You are an enemy of free speech. Mm
2: -hmm. You are Mm
0: -hmm. on board with all of the authoritarianism shit and you're cool Mm -hmm. with censorship and all this stuff. I don't know where we're going to see eye to eye. We still have plenty of things in common. We're still human beings. We still have Mm -hmm. a lot in common. But if you are going to literally be against the ideas of liberty and freedom for everyone, To Mm -hmm. live in a more just, safe, free, sane society, Mm -hmm. you are an enemy. You're an
1: enemy of of progress in the Mm -hmm. most true sense of the term. Like actual progress, genuine progress, not this progress where it's actually regression.
0: Yes. Well, well, the the left has been very, very clever with the way that they use language. Yes. Uh, Progressives stand for communism, basically.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Oh,
0: Yes. You know, they, they call themselves liberals. A liberal is someone that's open minded and and completely open to new ideas, and basically wants everyone to live and let live, mm-hmm. and just like do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. That's what a liberal is in the classical definition. Classical traditional liberalism. Yes, yes. A traditional liberal is is someone like you or I who's like yeah. just leave me the fuck alone. Like I don't care what you do, just don't bother me. Mm-hmm. That's what a liberal is. They, they're very very clever with this. And Malcolm F. Malcolm X talked about this. He said that yep. the, the modern liberal uh, is like a, it's like a Fox,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you know, not like a wolf. A wolf will let you know, like, Hey, I'm a wolf. I'm bad. I'm going to eat you. A Fox will mm-hmm. act like they're your friend first, and then they'll fucking kill you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now th- this is very, very clever because when you really think about this, the world is made of language. Mm-hmm. Language defines our reality and what we observe. Mm -hmm. And if you can change the definitions of words and you can change the meanings of words,
1: you can literally
0: alter the fabric of reality.
1: Yes. Yes. This is something I've learned recently. I read a book um, called speechless controlling words, controlling minds written by Michael Knowles from the daily wire. I'm a little bit mixed on his personal politics, but I was looking at his book for that. I was looking at for what he's telling me about political correctness. And I'm like, and he mentioned pretty much what you said spot on. Like, you know, when they control the language, they can control what can and can't be said. And sometimes I've and it's once again, they're saying things but me and our thing. And that's when I've learned what the term misinformation nowadays means. It's not about what the information is, it's now just a matter of who is saying the information. You could you could be you could be a, a guy with glasses with a voice that talks like this, and I could say anything and there, it won't get fact-checked, and it won't get none of that stuff. But if, if I'm just Joe Schmo me, there's going to be issues. The pitchforks come out, and I get these little disclaimers attached to my names. That's right. And it's really crazy. And I and I thought about, okay, what if there is people out there who want to have this conversation, and they're trying to figure out how to start? Because, obviously, starting is never easy. It's not going to be something – it's kind of like learning to play an instrument. You're not going to learn it overnight. It's a process you got to go through. What is your, if you had someone who's saying, David, I agree with your stuff. I want to learn how to articulate my thoughts, my argument, my whatever per se. Where do I start? Whether it's through a book, a podcast, what what are a few things I could start with to start my journey into expanding my mindset? What are What are a few things that you, David Sanchez, would recommend?
0: I would recommend... Uh,
1: getting into philosophy, whether that's mm-hmm. uh, reading
0: books or that's just literally going on the internet and looking at memes of quotes from famous philosophers, Thomas Soul, yeah, Thomas Soul is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the ancient philosophers like Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
0: Aristotle, Seneca, mm-hmm. a lot of the Stoic philosophy is what I'm a big fan of. But I would start with that. I would start listening to comedians. Um, some of them are, are big truth tellers. They're not mm-hmm. just being funny. They're mm-hmm. also speaking a lot of truth. Uh, some of those people I would say are like George Carlin, Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. um, Patrice O'Neill, RIP, same with Greg Giraldo, rest in peace.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, some of some of these comedians were, were bigger truth tellers than any news p- talking head you're going to see on the TV. But, <laughs> I would also listen to podcasts like Riffs or Die or listen to Riffs or Die. <laughs>
1: uh, oh yeah. No, Riffs or Die is cool, man. It, it's cool because you bring on people who are like-minded like you, but you also bring on some opposite people. Like I listened to the episode some moons back. It wasn't it wasn't that many moons back, but I guess just a few you had Doc Coyle on aka God forbid and um God, what's up, Annie? Is it no? Yeah, bad. Yeah, bad wolves. And that's a very opposite mind. And you've shown that you you can still sit down and have com- conversations with opposite you no know, minds. I can absolutely entertain
0: someone's uh, ideas without fully mm-hmm. embracing and accepting them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing that is funny about the Doc Coyle interview. So yeah. after that was done, we both posted it up on our platforms i i always do an intro and an outro for Mm -hmm. the interviews and he does the same yes you do on his post of that same interview uh he basically said that he was trying to bait me into like getting into a debate like he was trying to like pull me in to really Mm -hmm. get me like going you know jab for jab tip for tat in the conversation with him I didn't really want to go there. I mean, like it's the first time I'd ever really talked to the guy. So I, yeah. I don't want to like get into a, a pissing match here. Yeah, But after hearing that, I was like, damn, man, like I, if you want to have a debate about free speech, because this is largely where we disagreed. And um, I told him after the fact, like, if you want to have a debate, I am absolutely into it anytime, mm-hmm. anywhere. Let's do it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to, just have a conversation, be cordial. And, and uh, it, it is enjoyable to hear other people's perspective because you, Oh, you, of course you get uh, more perspective for yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he did say that he was trying to bait me into a,
1: an argument and I hit him up later. I was like, yo, if that's what you want, let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No need to dance around. Just say, man, just say the words, Love- Let's have that conversation, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned it. because you should always question everything. You should question even yourself at times because it's easy to get into the um what's the word here? I don't want to say echo chamber, but down the tunnel, you get tunnel vision when you're deeply entrenched. So you, you get tunnel vision where sometimes you may you know, misunderstand something for a split second. Yeah, you, you, you got to question your saying. Yeah, make sure you, you know your head is still there. You're still operating and functioning correctly because other you could get deep down into the well and before you know it you might you might think about more than just frogs being gay so you you got you got to keep yourself balanced it's very very important to keep yourself level-headed and balanced and learn to have these tough conversations i always try to learn what other people are saying because i feel like if i'm confident in my own argument why would i be terrified of hearing what someone else has to say that is of the opposite mind if you really have conviction and what one says, you should have no problem hearing what they're saying. Like, you got to be open to hearing point. it.
0: That's a great point that people need to <laughs> to understand, wrap their head around a little bit better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People mm-hmm. that want censorship, mm-hmm. the, you're not proving. There's that old saying. I can't remember who said it, but it's something to the – it might have been J.R.R. Martin. Do that mean Yeah. It's, it's something yeah. To the effect of, when you silence a man, when you cut out a man's tongue, you don't mm-hmm. tell the world that you fear what he might uh, – Say yeah. Well, no, I'm fucking up this quote, but it's okay. Hold on, Does it let it. it click. I, I don't have to. <laughs> by, by silencing someone, you're not proving them wrong. You're proving yeah. them that you're afraid of what they're saying.
1: Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Exactly
0: well, you you were just talking about? You know, if mm-hmm. someone's got convictions and they think that they're right, they should mm-hmm. be the most open to debate because then they can be like, oh hell yeah, I can show all these people like why I'm right and and make them think the way I do and mm-hmm. you know, get all these conspiracy theorists and idiots to, to see the light. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting with a lot of, um, uh, (laughs) protected opinions or Mm -hmm. mainstream narratives that, that have been pushed out recently.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's no questioning it. Oh yeah. will not, will not debate anyone. Nope. That's why you will never see him all like in the same room as Robert Malone. As much as I would love to see that. And I would actually give him a little credit, to be fair. If he actually did do it, I would give him credit. Yeah, he won't but do I, it. He, he won't because, do it.
0: Because he'll get obliterated. Because he knows what he's pushing is bullshit. If yes. he knew that what he was pushing was absolute, 100% truth, irrefutable, he'd be like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I'll debate you anytime. Let's do this on national television. We'll make sure everyone in the country sees it, and I will destroy you with the facts. Yeah, but unfortunately, he doesn't have that kind of information or uh, confidence in his stance, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he refuses to to debate people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, no, and and that's and that's the, the that's supposed to be the genuine beauty of what actual science is: is to debate and contest ideas and exchange. know what what is and what isn't and that is what's supposed to actually make it cool fun and interesting like i love going to science museums i love learning about space i love ufos i i i listen to some exozone stuff from time to time too it's fun to listen to it makes you wonder of course i was a big x-files fan and i love delving into like we can't be the only ones out there like it's there's gotta be more to to life and the fact that now all of a sudden we used to be so imaginative and forward thinking and like, hey, wh- how how far can our country or our world can progress? Now it's just like now we're at a stop sign and we we do not pass. We, we're at a red light that will not change lights. And that's unfortunate because we could learn some really cool things. And now our minds are our potential is not being unleashed in the way. It's going to be unleashed now is. We had to do it ourselves. Now we can't have it be presented to us. Now we had to go out and do our homework as well, whether it's via space or science or even music or anything. Nowadays, nowadays we have to do all the creating ourselves, and it's almost like we have to create a, almost like a parallel economy of sorts. And I know that's complicated. That's Because correct. yeah, it's it's as complicated as it is, but it almost feels like that's is what's necessary because all these outlets have been taken over by a very extreme ideology and yeah it's a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of years for a pendulum to swing back the other way but i feel like it needs to get done sooner because the longer it takes the more left it goes great and if the pendulum swings back the other way the last thing we want is a is the opposite version of the same thing like the ultra right version of sjw or intersectionality or any of that we don't need we need we gotta find balance and maybe starting a parallel economy whether it's via music or social media outlets, hopefully they'll try to keep it more centered, or at least as close to center as possible. Obviously, nothing is absolute, nothing is perfect, but we could damn sure try it. We could do a lot better than we're doing now. And I think you're
0: completely right, though, that uh, starting sooner than later is is what we really need, because I say this all the time, it's never going to get easier to stand up to tyranny. Yep. Right now you can do little baby steps. It's a little thing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get mm-hmm. harder to put your foot down and stand up. So why not do it now while it's easy? You know?
2: Yeah. And, and oh, it, yeah.
0: And also, I, I kind of sense that you were somewhat in a roundabout way saying this, that no one's going to come and save us. We have yep. to save ourselves. Yep. I really do mm-hmm. believe that to be the case. It's up to us. No one's going to come and, and save us.
1: Yeah, we don't got Superman that's going to come around. We got to stop being Lois Lane. We got to be Superman, and we got to damn sure do something about it. That's right. So stop waiting. We can suck on our thumbs all day, but that shit ain't going to change, brother. (laughs) Being passive and doing nothing is not
0: going to make these totalitarian and would-be dictators uh, that are kind of pseudo-running shit and, Mm -hmm. and want more power. Hitting mm-hmm. on your hands and doing nothing is not going to make them stop. You're
2: mm-hmm. never going
0: to comply your way out of tyranny. That's nope. not how it works. that's nope. never how it has worked, and it's never how it's going to work. Nope,
1: nope. It will never, never be like that. no I, I agree, man. So we're we're gonna do one more question, and we're gonna read some some super chats. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, musically whether it's metal or even non-metal what what are some of the cooler weirder things you're discovering out there i imagine you're obviously you gotta be always listening to something whether it's new or old like i'm I'm always looking for good music especially as long as it's like i love discovering hidden treasures i think that's one of the the good things about youtube is the discovering of hidden treasures and that's something i always give them credit for is that discovering of that is there anything out there that you're hearing that i'm like whoa uh, like this was really cool this is ahead of its time or where was this in my life or in everyone's life is there anything out there one band two band
0: man there's so much music that i love and i respect that's Mm -hmm. not metal that people wouldn't expect me to listen to but Mm -hmm. um say whatever you want
1: you're nothing's off limits here so you know
0: one of I I discovered a metal band not too long ago that's pretty rad. They they sound kind of like Power Trip mixed with Slayer. They're mm-hmm. called Enforced. Oh yeah, yeah I've heard of cool. Enforced. Yeah, yeah. People should check that band out. Enforced.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Other than that, I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff that's old. I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty out of the loop with what's that's okay. On. What what's and good? What's good? That's old. then Tons. There's tons. A lot yeah, of there's tons. But, uh, Lately, uh, I've been listening to Thin Lizzy. Oh, of course, Keep a lot of Thin right. Lizzy
1: and uh, a lot of Chet Atkins. Oh, okay, there you go. The man, the man has spoken, guys. David Sanchez, Chet Atkins, Thin. Liz- of course, you're not gonna go on Thin Lizzy, and there's more to those artists than just the singles, guys. It's oh, kind of like judging. It's kind of like judging Soundgarden off Black Hole Sun. There's so much more. Listen to like actually listen to an album. You realize, oh hey, and I I have accidentally judged, misjudged, sorry, more popular bands because I've judged them off the hit, and sure. then you all see when you actually listen to a whole album, you're like, holy crap, Th- this think, is actually damn good.
0: I think my favorite Thin Lizzy record is Renegade. Oh yes, yes. If people haven't listened to a full Thin Lizzy record before. Maybe mm-hmm. start with that one. That one's my favorite, but Jailbreak is also excellent.
1: Of course, of course, excellent. All right, so let me get Metal War six sixty five, the neighbor of the beast. For six sixty five, says the long march through the institutions will leave nothing unmolested in its wake. Gatekeep the fuck out of everything, br- brothers. Hey, we're trying, man. I mean, between the guy in the band and me being being the fan like of of this genre of music, we're doing. We're we're, we're, we're we can only totally hold so much of the line. We we need more. We need more strength in numbers, but hopefully we'll get there. And that 70s rock fan for $10 says, Great show, buddy. Dave is a fantastic guest. Yes, he has been. Yeah, and I appreciate that, 70s. And thanks for your continued support, my man. And my good buddy, Toxic Man Flu. Hail, <laughs> hey, Nick Weiser. You've got to get this guy. you only know, have at Parkhurst. Hey, I'll ask him when we're done. Off, and all. and if, if he's open for I'm sure, I'm sure, answer's have yes. no problem. I'm here. You heard it live on stream. So we'll pass on to comics. It'll be great. So, yeah. Um, Mr. Dave, uh, this has been fun to talk about um, all the music and Liberty. And is there any final messages, thoughts that you want to plug in? And also, anything got coming up you'd like to share? Share, share both. Whether it's thoughts and messages or you got anything you got coming up on Bristol.com or even with Havoc. Why don't you just say whatever you want for the next few minutes? Well, yeah. Um yeah. If people want to check out the band, it's havoc with a K.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We went to public school. So um, <laughs> no, it, it's with a K because the logo looked better than with a C. It so. does. Uh, it does. but yeah, if people want to look up havoc, spell it wrong. Our last album is called V. It came out May day of 2020. So May mm-hmm. 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that record came out right in the middle of, um, the prison style lockdown on the civilian population of America. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought that it was written about the, the Rona and it was not the entire record was finished being recorded in September of 2019. So well before Mm -hmm. we'd ever heard of such a thing, even Mm -hmm. before event two Oh one took place. So none of these lyrics were written about that. They just unfortunately happened to (laughs) map onto reality a little too closely. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to listen to our last record V, I would suggest keeping that in mind that it was Mm -hmm. definitely just seeing writing on the wall. It was not written about this, unfortunately, just uh, happened to be relevant. But the podcast Riffs or Die, I try to do like one a week. Mm -hmm. I have guests on sometimes, sometimes I don't. But in any case, I I try to have interesting conversations or interesting monologues. About current events, I talk about history. I talk about philosophy. Talk about music. um, Talk about books, movies, uh, bands, artists.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Love the Simpsons as well. Yes. Yes. But uh, oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just want people to. uh, Here's the thing: I don't want everyone to think like me.
1: No, we don't. I just want
0: people to think. Yeah. And. I think it's wise to, to really scrutinize and question things that you're told. And, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned earlier, I, I echo the same thing. I say it all the time. I question even my own beliefs mm-hmm. on a regular yeah, basis. I think it's wise to reevaluate. Why do you believe certain things? Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, b- before you take anything a- as gospel, I really think you should scrutinize it and, and maybe look for alternative uh, information. Because mm-hmm. everyone seemed to have been on the same page five years ago. The mainstream corporate media is a bunch of lying bullshit. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that's what everyone's tuning into and believing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's really take a look in the mirror, people. You know, all right. try, to, try to figure things out for ourselves and think for ourselves and think critically. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you asked earlier about where it's a place that people can start to try to, you know, s- start pulling apart this this giant shit show.
2: Mm-hmm. One
0: resource that I really love, I had just, just discovered him last year, and I can't believe I had not heard of him sooner, the guy named James Corbett. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Corbett is, yeah. Yeah, George, James Corbett is an amazing researcher. He's super well-read. He, mm-hmm. he investigates a lot of stuff before he pre- presents information, but mm-hmm. he also, anything that he talks about, on any of his episodes, he puts in the description, all of the links to the proof mm-hmm. of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He, he has the, the show notes as he calls them. And and he puts links to literally all the documentation, all the information that he's talking about. So you can see that what he's reporting to you is mm-hmm. not this made up bullshit or just his opinion. It's mm-hmm. it's real stuff, verifiable stuff that you can look up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to start, uh, cracking their mind open to, to what may really be going on and see an alternative perspective that's mm-hmm. very well researched and, and accurate, I would highly recommend people check out the Corbett Report.
1: James uh, Corbett. All right. You you heard it, guys. That's, that's awesome. Dude, hey, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And I have a feeling this is not going to be the last time we do this. I think like this may be the start of some stuff down the line. Hopefully, whether obviously, I know you got you got havoc and you got risk or die. But obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about getting you on yelling at park cars. So I think we'll have, we'll have quite a future together. If you ever if you're ever in Illinois, I'd love to have some juicy burgers. Or if you want pizza, I'd be I'd be down to do that too. And my buddy Pope, come on Pope, dude, you're too nice to me. Now let, let's see what did what did the Pope Metallicus do here? What did that man do? <laughs> Pulp Metallicus for $20 says, you're right. Hell, I judged Jewish priests by their hits, and now they are my fear band. Also, hail Dave and hail havoc. Oh, and thank I, you.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the last thing I would want to say to everybody on this
0: thing and watching in the future, wherever you may be, whenever you mm-hmm. may be, just think for yourself and question everything even your own beliefs and just mm-hmm. try to leave
1: the world a little bit nicer than the way you found it and we're all going to be okay agreed and guys uh for everyone in the chat i put in the caption but in case you don't want to go through caption i'll make it a little accessible this is his youtube channel right here wrist or died this is youtube channel sub here and he also has a patreon as well so you can check out patreon i know some of you guys use patreon in the chat so check that out and if you go on his band's website When you go on the website, it's got all the links to the socials and then some. So you can easily connect with Havoc. They're very accessible. So getting a hold of them is not an issue. So you can support David. You can support his band. You can support all of the above. Either way, it's going to help the boy out. And once again, sir, I appreciate the time and I appreciate it. Um, Just have a nice little discussion and going at it. on to the chat. You all have a good rest of your day, and I'll see you all tonight for Yelling at Parkars at Comics division, And tomorrow night, Toxic Tuesday, we'll be talking the Bill Murray classic, Stripes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I
0: hope you all enjoyed that. Thanks a lot for sticking around until the very end. I really appreciate it. Make sure to rate the podcast. If you want to support further, go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch, or go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and sign up as a patron. That's all I got for now, friends. We got another killer interview coming up early next week. So look forward to that. I'll talk to you all in a few days here. Till then, take it easy. And don't forget, consider what are you going to do if they bring that bullshit back? You going to put your foot down and tell them to fuck off? Or are you going to accept it and bend over again? Food for thought. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.